Faith, Hope and Love, episode 252, the 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year A. Some of the gospel values that shine out this weekend are the universal brotherhood and sisterhood of all humans. And also, God is generous and loving and gives people what they need. Meanwhile, envy and resentment are corrosive in any community. When people are deciding what activities they should put their energies and priorities into, it seems a familiar thing to ask the question, what's in it for me? What will I get out of this? However, that doesn't work for everyone. In our world, there are many people who are severely disadvantaged and in great need, and all things as we know are not equal. In a world where far too many people only receive something if they can give something of equal value back, there are those who are in such a dire situation because they're so poor, so disadvantaged, they can't benefit anyone else. They have nothing valued by others in monetary terms that they can give, and so they miss out. They don't fit into a system based on equal or near-equal give and take, and so they're left dangling precariously on the edge. In the midst of the ongoing crisis in the COVID pandemic, I heard someone on the news the other week reminding us we're not merely an economy, we are a community. We owe something to each other beyond what we can get from each other. Jesus went out to the margins and searched for people and made special effort to ensure that those who were out of the community were very much included in his kingdom. This is what the generous landowner is doing in the gospel. The workers who were left without any day's work at the 11th hour, which is a term we still use to this day, these people still needed to eat and they needed to feed their family. If no one employed them that day, they and their families would have gone without a day's food. The landowner knew this and was compassionate and kind. He also knew that his harvest was urgent and plentiful and the labourers were few, so he gave them what they needed a day's food. Not that they earned a day's pay, but they needed a day's pay, living as they were on just enough to get them by one day at a time. And in any case, when it comes to God's gifts, none of us has really earned God's favour and love. It's freely given, generously given. It's offered to all. Jesus wants us to have that same generosity and welcome to others around us. They too are welcome because God is loving, God is generous and forgiving, and God is just. The grumbling workers have lost sight of the point. The work of the kingdom is urgent and important. The labourers, as we say, are few. In fact, it's more than plentiful. The harvest God intends is for everyone. Absolutely everyone is needed to be part of this kingdom. So there's no time for hesitation. Everyone's needed Everyone's called, whether it's on the first hour or the last hour. How many of life's daily hurts, disappointments and turmoils really come from the fact that we've harboured wrong assumptions or unreal expectations or flawed, faulty ways of thinking? How many arguments have resulted from envy and resentment and not from true need? To summarise the gospel, a writer once said, The world asks, how much did that landowner give? But Jesus invites us to ask a much better and far more important question. Why did the landowner give as he did? The answer is because God is generous and caring. 
Are we, as that parable asks, envious because our God is extremely generous? Do we begrudge God his overflowing generosity and love, his unmeasured care and compassion? Surely God can deal as he wants with his own. Why can't he give to people what they need, not just what they deserve? God gives us what we need, not so much what we want. And often, to be honest, there's a huge difference between what we need and what we want. Jesus asks us to do the same. This parable is inviting us to think and see, not with the eyes of a day labourer who's there today and not involved the next day and has no commitment to it. In this example, they have no real concern for the project they're working on. But rather, God is inviting us to be like an invested partner who's really involved in the project and not just the daily work embracing and owning the vision of the landowner who wants to achieve a rich harvest and share it with everyone. This is Faith, Hope and Love. salvation of the people, says the Lord. Should they cry to me in any distress, I will hear them, and I will be their Lord forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Hello everyone and goodness and kindness be to you all. As we come together as brothers and sisters on this 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time, let us, first with confidence, ask the Father's forgiveness, for he is full of gentleness and compassion. Have mercy on us, O Lord, for we have sinned against you. Show us, O Lord, your mercy, and grant us your salvation. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God
Let us pray that God will grant us eternal life. O God, who founded all the commands of your sacred law upon love of you and of our neighbour, grant that by keeping your precepts we may merit to attain eternal life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked person forsake their way and the unrighteous person their thoughts. Let that person return to the Lord that he may have mercy on them and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The Word of the Lord The Lord is near to all who call him. I will bless you day after day and praise your name for ever. You are great, Lord, highly to be praised. Your greatness cannot be measured. You are kind and full of compassion, slow to anger, abounding in love. How good you are, Lord, to all, compassionate to all your creatures. You are just in all your ways, and loving in all your deeds. You are close to all who call you, who call you from their hearts. The Lord is near to all who call him. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Brothers and sisters, Christ will be exalted now as always in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, living is Christ, and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labour for me, and I do not know which I prefer. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. The Word of the Lord Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia.
open our hearts, O Lord, to listen to the words of your Son. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Chapter 20, verses 1 to 16. Jesus spoke this parable to his disciples. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire labourers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the labourers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon, and about three o'clock he did the same. And about five o'clock he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the labourers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord A rabbinic story is told of a king who went to his vineyard and was impressed by the industriousness of one of his workers in particular. He gave him the day off after two hours' work. Now the other workers who had had to complete their twelve hours' work complained when he got the same pay at the end of the day. And the king answered, But he did more in two hours than you did in twelve. Now this story makes sense to us. We see some justification for it. However, in today's gospel, Jesus tells a different story. He's not about merit, but about grace, God's generous love. And this is the hallmark of the kingdom of God. The rather challenging message is that we will not enter the kingdom of God by insisting on our rights and merits, but only by relying on God's free gift of grace. Now this might appear disappointing to someone who can claim that they've never missed a Sunday Mass and said the rosary every day. Could it be that God might offer the same reward to those who never darken the door? The issue is to be found in the word reward. Salvation is not the prize for a good effort. 
but it's a gift better appreciated by those who've maintained a close relationship with God every day of their lives. Like all relationships, if we don't nurture and encourage them, then they offer little or no satisfaction. The reward, if we insist on using that term, is that the faithful worker has had the benefit of the closeness of God throughout their life, and not just at the last minute. This richness of the parable is that it may be read and understood on three different levels. First one, the words and actions of the historical Jesus. He teaches how God offers the mystery of the kingdom to all freely and not according to what people deserve. Now the church's life at the time of Matthew's community was dealing with the resentment of some members in the mixed Christian community of southern Syria and Palestine where Jewish Christians often looked down on Gentile Christians. They viewed them as the Johnny-come-latelys, not as deserving. third depth of this parable is that the framework in which it is placed by the author of the Gospel is its setting is a paradoxical reversal of values that the coming of God's kingdom brings to life. The last, the persecuted, the despised, the outcasts, the ones that appear unworthy and without merit, become the first to receive the reward of God, the treasure of heaven. The apparent unjust action of the landowner is meant to shock us into a deeper awareness of God's goodness and to effect a change in our own attitude. We are dealing with the God of surprises. An unpleasant surprise for the workers who are hoping to get more. Pray that we will be able to appreciate the paradoxical reversal of values that the coming of God's kingdom brings to life. The standard of natural justice is violated by this parable. Natural to assume that those who work longer hours should get paid more than those who work shorter hours. In fact, this is the basic principle used in wage fixing. However, the parable converts natural justice to generosity on the part of the landover, who decides to pay those who work shorter hours the same pay at the end of the day. God's generosity is incomprehensible and create a state of envy in those who claim to have had their rights misused. No one has any right over God's generosity. It is free and it is gift. It's because of the gratuity of God that all of us are able to be called children of God. Comparisons only lead to competition, which in turn perverts us from acknowledging our thanks for even being considered in the first place. In our competitive world, the parable serves as a powerful lesson to us to learn how God does not want us to be towards each other. This parable makes little sense in an age of arbitration, contract label and industrial awards. It destroys the principle of a fair day's work for a fair day's pay. Remember, this is a parable, a story which is intended to tell us something about the coming reign of God. God is not bound by the quid pro quo rules of recompense. God's gift is spontaneous, overflowing and unmerited. We cannot earn our salvation. We cannot make a watertight contract which predetermines the conditions of the award. We cannot exclude others who do not share our contract. Salvation is gift from God, freely given, spontaneously and generously. Perhaps we can see ourselves in that labourers hired at different times during the day. At times we're only there by the skin of our teeth, 
aware that God's love and mercy is the only important reality. Our anxiety about our salvation must be replaced by an attitude of trust and reliance on God's mercy and forgiveness. As Isaiah reminds us of the difficulty of the challenging ways of the Lord, yes, the heavens are high above the earth as my ways are above your ways, my thoughts above your thoughts. All that we can do is seek the Lord while he is still to be found, dedicating ourselves to living always in his presence. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there He will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. God's generosity far exceeds our own. We now come before our gracious and generous God, trusting that our prayers and needs will be heard. For the church, that we may be aware of God's immense generosity to us and pay that forward to others. Lord, hear us. For workers, that they may always work fairly and receive a just wage. Lord, hear us. For those who are searching, that they may find in Christ the answer to all their questions. Lord, hear us. For this family of faith, gathered and wherever you are, that Christ's grace may help us avoid anything unworthy of the gospel. Lord, hear us. For all who are sick and those who care for them, that the Lord will give them healing, strength and peace. Lord, hear us. For the dead and those who mourn for them, that those who have sought to follow Christ in this life may now find eternal peace, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. God ever generous, you give to each of us and ask us to respond to your gifts with generosity. Grant these petitions through Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. By the mystery of this water and wine, May we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. 
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. With humble spirit and contrite heart, may we be accepted by you, our Lord, and may this sacrifice in your sight this day be pleasing to you, Lord God. Wash me, O Lord, from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Receive with favour, O Lord, we pray, the offerings of your people, that what they profess with devotion and faith may be theirs through these heavenly mysteries. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right to give you thanks, truly just to give you glory, Father most holy. For you are the one God living and true, existing before all ages and abiding for all eternity, dwelling in unapproachable light. Yet you who alone are good, the source of life, have made all that is, so that you might fill your creatures with blessings and bring joy to many of them by the glory of your light. And so in your presence are countless hosts of angels who serve you day and night, and gazing upon the glory of your face, glorify you without ceasing. With them too we confess your name in exultation, giving voice to every creature under heaven, as we acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We give you praise, Father most holy, for you are great and you have fashioned all your works in wisdom and in love. You formed man in your own image and entrusted the whole world to his care, so that in serving you alone, the Creator, he might have dominion over all creatures, and when through disobedience he had lost your friendship, you did not abandon him to the domain of death, for you came in mercy to the aid of all, so that those who seek might find you. Time and again you offered them covenants, and through the prophets taught them to look forward to salvation. You so loved the world, Father Most Holy, that in the fullness of time you sent your only begotten Son to be our Saviour. Made incarnate by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, he shared our human nature in all things but sin. To the poor he proclaimed the good news of salvation, to prisoners freedom, and to the sorrowful of heart joy. To accomplish your plan he gave himself up to death, and rising from the dead he destroyed death and restored life. And that we might live no longer for ourselves but for him who died and rose again for us, he sent the Holy Spirit from you, Father, as the firstfruits for those who believe, so that bringing to perfection his work in the world, he might sanctify creation to the full. Therefore, O Lord, we pray, may this same Holy Spirit graciously sanctify these offerings, that they may become the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ for the celebration of this great mystery which he himself left us as an eternal covenant. 
For when the hour had come, for him to be glorified by you, Father Most Holy, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And while they were at supper, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, taking the chalice filled with the fruit of the vine, he gave thanks, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we now celebrate the memorial of our redemption, we remember Christ's death and his descent to the realm of the dead. We proclaim his resurrection and his ascension to your right hand. And as we await his coming in glory, we offer you his body and blood, the sacrifice acceptable to you, which brings salvation to the whole world. Look, O Lord, upon the sacrifice which you yourself have provided for your church, and grant in your loving kindness to all who partake of this one bread and one chalice, that, gathered into one body by the Holy Spirit, they may truly become a living sacrifice in Christ to the praise of your glory. Therefore, Lord, remember now all for whom we offer this sacrifice especially your servant, Francis, our Pope, Mark, our Bishop, and his assistant, Ken, and the whole order of bishops, all the clergy, those who take part in this offering, those gathered here before you, your entire people, and all who seek you with a sincere heart. Remember also those who have died in the peace of your Christ, and all the dead whose faith you alone have known. To all of us, your children, grant, O merciful Father, that we may enter into a heavenly inheritance with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, and with your apostles and saints in your kingdom. There, with the whole of creation, freed from the corruption of sin and death, may we glorify you through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. Amen.
At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. May this mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, who by the will of the Father and the work of the Holy Spirit through your death gave life to the world, free me by this your most holy body and blood from all my sins and from every evil. Keep me always faithful to your commandments and never let me be parted from you. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. May the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. May the blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. The Communion Antiphon You have laid down your precepts to be carefully kept. May my ways be firm in keeping your statutes. Here is a prayer for spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you in my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Body of Christ. Amen. The Blood of Christ. Amen. Let us pause for a time of quiet 
post-communion prayer and reflection. What has passed our lips as food, O Lord, may we possess in purity of heart, that what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity. Let us pray. Graciously raise up, O Lord, those you renew with this sacrament, that we may come to possess your redemption both in mystery and in the manner of our life. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks everyone for your company as we have gathered to give thanks and praise to our wonderful and generous God, who gives us what we need. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord. Faith, Hope and Love, Christian Worship and Reflection, led by Rev. Paul Kelly. 
Prayers and Chants, the Raymond Missal 3rd Edition, Copyright 2010, the International Commission on English and the Liturgy. Scriptures, New Revised Standard Version, Copyright 1989 and 2009, the NCC USA. Psalms 1963 and 2009 The Grail, Collins Publishers. Prayers of the Faithful Together We Pray by Robert Borg, E.J. Dwyer Publishers, 1993, Sydney, Australia. Sung Mass in Honour of St. Ralph Sherwin by Jeffrey M. Ostrovsky, The Gloria, copyright 2011, ccwatershed.org. Faith, Hope and Love theme hymn in memory of William John Kelly, inspired by 1 Corinthians 13, 1-13. Music by Paul W. Kelly, arranged and sung with additional lyrics by Stefan Kelp, 2019. Quiet Time Instrumental Reflection Music, written by Paul W. Kelly, 1988-2007, and this arrangement, Stefan Kelp, 2020. Today I Arise, Patricia J. Kelly, original words and music by Paul W. Kelly, inspired by St. Patrick's Prayer, arranged and sung with additional lyrics by Stefan Kelp, 2019. Production by KER 2020. May God bless and keep you. Today I arise with love from on high, the name of the three in one. Today 